This is Scott Vanderplu, and you're listening to the Artist Edition Index Podcast, Episode 5. Thank you for joining us once again for the AE Index Podcast, our monthly look at all things Artist Edition. Because this is the first week of March, we'll be looking back at happenings in February. So let's jump right in. The I try and do a post about something about artist editions outside of the normal uh, standard post that I do. Every month I do uh, eBay sales, I do uh, comic store sales, I do uh, solicitations, I do this podcast. I do reviews, but then I try and mix in something else that may be a little off the beaten path, something that people are interested in, something that is part of the AE group of books that can be looked at. And last month, I looked at IDW's Artist Edition numbering. For those who aren't aware of it, IDW and now Graffiti and a bunch of the, uh, most of the other companies actually. Um, Dark Horse doesn't, I don't think Dark Horse does actually. Um, they put a number in their edition. So as far as I can tell, the numbering uh, comic editions began with graffiti designs when they were doing the uh, hardcover, uh, collections in the eighties. Uh, they began with that and, uh, IDW, uh, as of volume 19 began listing in the indices of the book, Artist edition number, and then whatever, and then they continue that on with the artifact edition number, and then the number. Now, the first artist edition, the Dave Stevens, the Rocketeer artist edition, it said in its notes, hopefully the first in a line of, and then Walt Simonson's The Mighty Thor artist edition said the second in a line, and then again, uh, Wally Woods' DC Stories artist edition was said third, John Romita's The Amazing Spider Man artist edition said fourth. And that was in the text of the boat of a boat uh, page, and then that just stopped. So as of Daredevil, David Mazzucchelli's Daredevil: Born Again Arts Edition, which was the fifth one, uh, there was no numbering listed. And then suddenly, Jack Kirby New Gods Artist Edition uh, numbering began at nineteen, uh, which does seem to be the right number. I, I have, uh, if you look at the post on the website, you'll see that it, they all are in order of shipping. And uh, it is the 19th that they began with. And there is some back and forth, some jumping. Basil Wolverton's eight Weird Worlds Artist Edition was actually number 18. But that, because that came out in October 29th of 2014, and the Jack Kirby New Gods Artist Edition came out in May 14th of 2014, uh, the numbering began with 19, but obviously they meant to do it in 18. But for some reason, that Basil Wolverton book was really delayed. It was about 10 months delayed. So we've got number 18 going with that one and then forward. Except for two skips. We have a skip of number 20 and we have a skip for number 31. I left a bit of a... I didn't give too many details about it in the post. But uh, number 31, as uh, our faithful uh, commenter Rob Waltoon posted, 
is the missing strength of volume two that's you know hopefully somewhere on the horizon um, we can all squint and maybe see it but until it's in our hands i don't expect it to be completed and the bigger question becomes what is number 20. a uh, bit of a mystery still don't know and uh anyone's guess uh, i will ask scott dunmere next time i have the opportunity but for now it's a mystery um, I compiled the list of based on shipping dates. I also did the same list for graffiti designs, but their list is in order of shipping date, and every one of them is theirs is numbered. So I thought I'm I'm not going to bother doing a post about that yet. Which moves us into our normally scheduled topics and shipping changes. So we had some new. Well, I guess we might as well talk about the new solicitations then since that's part of the shipping changes so we had three solicitations from the march 2017 previews so we had batman secrets sam keith gallery edition that's all i'll give you the blurb sam keith's unforgettable depiction of the dark knight fills the pages on the new batman secrets sam keith gallery edition Focusing on Keith's artwork from the 124-page Batman Secret series, this large-format Smythe sewn hardcover edition is sourced from and captures the look and feel of the original boards. Rounding out this 248-page presentation is the complete art from Batman Confidential number 40, Batman Lobo number 1, Keith's 8-page story from Batman 38, and an extensive gallery section containing covers and pages from Scratch, Arkham Asylum Madness, and Batman Through the Looking Glass. This is, has an initial solicitation date of August 30th, 2017. It is the ninth in the series. It's 248 pages, 12 by 17, and it's $125 US. Second solicitation of the month from IDW, Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four, the world's greatest artist edition. I don't know why they just didn't go with Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four Artist Edition Volume 2, but they wanted to give it a different spin, and their different spin is because this is twice apart, so it's 15 by 22. I'll give you the blurb. Jack Kirby was the undisputed king of comics, and IDW is proud to present the second Artist Edition focusing on his Fantastic Four work. And even better, this collects his earlier twice-up art, Kirby-sized. This massive collection includes issues 33, 45, 47, and 60 of the Fantastic Four, Plus a stellar gallery with many classic covers and incredible pages. If you're a Kirby fan, this is the artist edition you've been waiting for. I think Scott Dunbeer has said online that there's 22 additional covers in that back gallery section. Initial solicitation date, July 19th, 2017. Again, uh, 15 by 22 inches, 168 pages, 150 US. And finally, the third solicitation, and an exciting one because it's from Image. It is the Spawn Oversized Vault Edition. In, in, cel uh, hold on. in celebration of the 25th anniversary of Spawn, Tard McFarlane has opened his personal vault and is collecting the first seven issues of Spawn in their original artboard form. Included in this Spawn Vault Edition artboard book, never before published original artboards. New oversized 12 and a quarter by 17 and a quarter hardcover book. Included in the special edition are a few extra surprises from Todd. And randomly selected books will be inserted with a one-of-a-kind sketch by Todd McFarlane. Uh, I checked the solicitation in the previews, and it actually mentions that this is going these are going to be signed. It doesn't mention that on the solicitation blurb. 
Uh, I'll watch for it on the image site and see if more information is provided. It's got an initial solicitation date of May 31st, which is nice to see. Because that's the standard two-month. It's uh, Again, it's 12 and a quarter by 17 and a quarter inches. It's 200 pages, and it's 175 U.S. So, um, thick book, 175 U.S., new entry from image. That's exciting. Let's hope that continues to roll forward. Also, I, I mean, I... Since those initial spawns came out, I can't say I read Spawn much beyond issue 20 or 25, and I had no idea that uh, Tom McFarlane kept his original art, so that is exciting. So three artist editions solicited in the March 2017 previews, which takes us back to the shipping changes. Um... The Best of Vampirella Magazine Art Edition has, ship, has moved... Um, from its March date to April 19th. That's disappointing. Other than that, uh, that's about it. Everything else is holding steady. To be determines, Fantagraphic Studio Edition, How Foster's Prince Valiant, Frank Thorne's Gita, and Erotic Treasury Archival Edition, G.I. Joe, Real American Hero Artist Edition, Michael W. N. Kaluta's Starstruck Artist Edition, that's a new to the To Be Determined list, and of course, Starenko, Nick Fury, and Captain America Artist Edition. We've got that date of April 12th for the Fantagraphic Studio Edition Jaime Hernandez book. Um, I'm not sure this is going to happen. I hope it does, but it's a bit of a mystery at this point. Uh, Reed Crandall's EC Stories Artist Edition is moved to April 12th, so that's a little bit of a shift. Other than that, we're on schedule. Uh, for all changes, I take a look at these dates daily and update the Artist Edition Index, so please... Pop on that whenever uh, there's a question of what or when things are shipping. All right, let's take a look at sales for the month. So, January 2017 sales numbers were released in February, which is the month we're looking at now on this podcast. And two artist editions were listed in the uh, index of sales, top 300 books. Those two, coming in at number 85 of the 300, was Jack Kirby's The Fantastic Four Artist Edition with a sales number of 1,027. And at number 155, we have Chris Somney's Daredevil Artist Edition with 580 copies sold. Uh, this is IDW, so they are distributing only through Diamond and their own website, so I'd expect these numbers would be higher, actually, initial sales because of what IDW sells on their website, but we don't know. So, that's a bit of a mystery. I have a typo on my January 2017 sales numbers. That's aggravating, but uh, hopefully nobody, <laughs> hopefully nobody read it too closely. The chart is there though, which takes us to out of print sales. Now again, out of print sales I track through eBay. They they seem to be the best way for me to look monthly at the books that are no longer out in print and to be able to spot them. Um, not a lot of sales in the month of uh, January. I guess it was after Christmas. So what had no sales? Let's just pop through those quickly. Star Wars Dark Times Gallery Edition. I don't know if you remember we uh, talked about last time, but there was a fire sale clearance on those books. Uh, Dave Stevens' The Rocketeer Artist Edition, first and second print, no sales. Wally Wood's EC Stories Artist Edition, first and second print, no sales. And Walter Simonson's Thor Artist Edition, First printing, no sales. So what did sell? So one copy sold of Marvel Covers Artist Edition. That's the uh, the first one, not the modern age. And that one sold for 
Mike Mignola's Hellboy and Hell and other stories are his edition. One copy for one nineteen ninety nine. Sergio Aragona's Grew the Wanderer artist edition. Two copies sold with an average of eighty four ninety nine. So below cover price or below street price. Um, Storenko Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Artist Edition, first print, three copies sold with an average of $149.69. Yeah, I think that's a little under street price. David Mazzicelli's Born Again, Artist Edition, two copies sold for an average of $169.48. Still the most in-demand Artist Edition. I, you know, IDW stated at the beginning with the Rock Tier that this, these books would never be reprinted. Of course, we know that's not true. Uh, books have been reprinted left and right, and actually this week, or last week, uh, um, the Dave Stevens The Rocketeer Artisan Edition shipped, so that's actually the third time this the original art has been printed from the Rocketeer. The two artist editions, first and second print, and then this now this Artisan Edition. And the final book for sales was John Romita's The Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition. Two sales, average of one thirty-three twenty-eight. so that is above cover, or street price. I keep correcting myself because the uh, the IDW artist editions don't have a cover price. They have a suggested retail price and they have a cost for retailers, uh, but they always they never put a price, an actual printed price on the books. Um, well, again, there's always the exception, isn't there? Uh, Walter Simonson's Thor artist edition uh, had a um, hundred dollars printed on it. So. Corrections all around there. All right, let's take a look at letters. Now, I don't have any letters from the month, but what we do have are some notes and emails, questions I answered, questions that were asked on forums. Uh, Scott Dunbeer came to the Marvel Masterworks forum uh, last month, and he answered some questions. I didn't bother copying any of the questions uh, that were uh, asking, we do this artist, we do this artist, we do this book, we do that book. That seems to be the most common questions, but Scott, Scott Dunbar said before, it's about what's available. So I'm not quite sure why those are everybody's questions, but let me ask, uh, I'll start with the, uh, the question, a question I didn't ask, and that is, is the Golden Age book an idea you might pr pursue in the future? I call things like that back burner books. If I came across art, I scan it. If I reach a certain point where it looks possible, I work harder on it. So that's interesting. That's a question asked and answered by Scott Dunbeer. So he's got back burner books, books he'd like to do. If he sees the art, he does it. Here's a question. Are artists compensated? And he said, thanks for asking that question. There have been times when people have spread stories saying that they are not. The artists receive royalties for both creator-owned and licensed stuff. Fair number of comps as well. I know on uh, Twitter, Chris Somney uh, showed a picture of 25 of his Daredevil Artist Edition sitting at his door. So that's a pretty fair compensation in uh, complimentary books. And then there's some sort of royalties. So that's nice. Also asked, why is TMNT an Artisan Edition instead of an Artist Edition? He answered, the originals are smaller. The name Artist Edition has come has some expectations that come with it in that regard. Thought this would be clearer. Laugh out loud, maybe I was wrong. And then he, uh, people had asked about this book and that book, and he said, no, nah, they're not, won't be enough copies to make it viable. 
So I asked, how many copies need to sell it to make it viable? And he wrote, replied, too many variables for a quick answer and it also comes under the heading of internal discussions only. I really don't understand why these sales numbers or production runs are a secret. Why Can't we just say? And this question was asked in relation to newspaper strip reprints. I, I would, There's so many great newspaper strips I'd love to see the original art from. But at this point, I think we're just going to have to wait out a little longer. So then a question was asked to me on the forum. And here was the question. He, they asked, curious if Scott or anyone else who has the book would comment on this. And this is a comment from the uh, CGC forums. And the person said, the Bignola screw-on head book was quite uneven and very disappointing because the worst scans were in the featured story. They were color scans, but the contrast was very high with lots of two white whites and two black blacks. Couldn't even tell where the comic page ended and the quarter book page border started. And to contrast that, many of the other smaller stories had good scans, which made the main ones look even worse. Um, I was on vacation this week, so I was at home, and that's also why this podcast is delayed from Friday to Monday. But uh, I pulled out my copy and took a look, and I wrote this. I just happened to be home today and pulled out my copy. Hey, I just said that. Looking at the main story pages, they are almost the full page size with a small border on the vertical edge. It is hard to see that, but if you look closely, it's there. If the art was stored well, there's no reason for it to have yellowed. Having said that, the pages do seem exceptionally white. Gradients in the blacks are clearly visible throughout. Since the paper is Dark Horse's, Dark Horse Comics Artboard, it's labeled right there on the bottom, and there's an edge text, I compared it to the Dark Horse Gallery Edition, P. Craig Russell's The Mystery Play and Other Stories. The color of that edging, light blue, text, seems consistent between both books, albeit a bit faded in spots in the Mignola book, specifically the bottom right edge. It looks slightly faded. I don't know if that's from thumbing or working with it or if that rubs off. Um, it's printed in blue because blue doesn't print when they, uh, when it goes, when that's why artists use blue pencil. But I don't know where this guy was coming from with his comment of two white whites and two black blacks because those black gradients are clearly visible throughout. And yes, it's white. Uh, I don't know. The story is older, but uh, Mike Mignola stated he's, it's not for sale and he's kept it in his files. I mean, if he kept it in a nice file, why would it age? So that's that. Two artist editions shipped in February. And that was America's Best Comics Artist Edition on February 1st and Alex Toth's Bravo for Adventure Artist Edition on February 22nd. Along with those two books, I also reviewed a classic artist edition. That was Wally Wood's EC Stories Artist Edition. Uh, I'm working my way through the classics. Uh, I believe... I've got two to go now to complete uh, reviews in the style I like to do on the AE Index. If not, with the full number of pictures. I'm still going through and adding new pictures to reviews that have, uh, the older reviews that have just a few pictures or where I've used the scanned art that was provided from the solicitations. Uh, outstanding are still the uh, Rock Tier and um, an updated version of the uh, John Romita's Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition. Uh, that does have two reviews on it. I reviewed the signed edition, or the remarked edition, and Anthony Falcone, previous writer for Comic Daily, reviewed his copy, but both of those really didn't have much artwork, and I'd like to go back and do a proper review in the format that I prefer. All right, let's, uh, let's take a look at some of these reviews and talk about it briefly. So, America's Best Comics, Artist Edition. Let me read you the blurb for that book. 
Alan Moore was the brain trust behind America's Best Comics, one of the most acclaimed imprints in the history of comics. Comprised of four main titles, Tom Strong, Top Ten, Promethea, and the anthology Tomorrow Stories, the ABC line paired Moore with the finest artists in comics. This volume will present a beautiful overview of the ABC line, including complete stories from Promethea number 10 and Top Ten number 7. Additionally, a fine selection of shorter stories featuring Tom Strong, Jack B. Quick, Splash Brannigan, and Grayshirt will be included, plus a stunning gallery section, the best stories by the artists in the best format. This is 224 pages, 12 by 17, so some modern art. It was 125 suggested retail. That was the price on the IDW website. And let's just take a quick look at the book. Um, my initial disappointment, those... Uh, there's a great Tom Strong, Tom Strong story. It doesn't have any lettering. And then that top ten story, no lettering. Yet most of the other stories in the book have lettering. I don't quite understand. I don't quite understand what was. I maybe it was on the cusp of digital lettering, and some was digitally lettered, some was not. Um. You can always pull out the book and read it, but as I've said many times, I like to read these stories as comic pages, as comic books, which they are. I don't want to look at them as an art book and thumb it. I want to read it in that full size. Um, the largest uh, story here is the is Johnny Future, and that's great. That's the Art Adams stuff. It looks awesome. Pages are gorgeous. There is one story that doesn't have any lettering, and I meant to find my copy to see if it was because the story wasn't a silent story but there's some word balloons with nothing there so I would say that was just needed to be lettered after and wasn't uh, the rest of them are lettered it looks great um, the the uh, Jack be quick stuff from Kevin Nolan is really nice too uh, it's a well done strip and that's the beauty of this book an anthology book you get a really nice collection there's that uh, right the Prometheus story is really gorgeous at this size uh jh williams the third i wasn't a fan of his art at this period uh, i liked his art when he picked up from uh, Batwoman, but with the eulogy the first storyline i guess but this stuff not my favorite but there's just so many great things here i love chris sprouse and the tom strong is just so great and the abc material is just is it is it's great uh this book really covers it a really nice selection and um scott dumber was the editor of the line at the time so I, there's, uh, there's that uh, tie in not only is the editor of this book he was the editor of these original stories there's a great Paul Ravash uh, uh, drawn story that also was on Leonard that's a Tom Strong so that's a bit disappointing but uh, all around great stuff the, and then the extras uh, a lot of covers and uh, a one pager from uh, Jack B. Quick and the book closes out with uh, an illustration, no one-page biography. I really would have liked to see a history of uh, ABC or a biography of Alan Moore since he's the writer on this stuff. Uh, but it didn't happen. So, what can you do? Great book. I was going to say I recommend it, but I mean, I recommend all of them. I get all the artist editions. Uh, the other book that was shipped this this month, last month, uh, Alex Toast, Bravo for Adventure Artist Edition. And this uh, is the first Library of American Comics Artist Edition. Uh, it does, uh, the, the formatting, everything is done by the Library of American Comics team. It does indicate that it's the Artist Edition number 48, but that end is, uh, it gives an assistant editor, or consulting editor credit to Scott Dumbier, 
but otherwise it's your it's your standard uh, library of American comics team who I'm a big fan of I think I own about 75% of the library of American comics maybe 8% there's just some titles I just can't get into I try like kangaroo I just I, I've seen them on discount I just don't want to I just can't get into it but let's address the question right immediately. First off, it's Alex Toth. So any person interested minutely in the comics f uh, format should pick this up for the Toth material. Uh, this material was printed previously in the in a hardcover by Library of American Comics. Um, and I do link to that review on my review of this book. And it was in the same format to match the, uh, the three Alex Toth biography books. So they took the original art, which they mentioned in the uh, in that Bravo for Venture hardcover, and uh, did scans, uh, and production scans though, and uh, printed the full story. And then you got a couple, uh, you got some samplings, you got a couple color pages that were, and then there's a bit of a history of the of the material in that book. Um, you get it all in this. You get the complete book, all the material they located for this uh, from the archives and from, uh, I think, from the Toth family. So the complete Bravo adventure, every page he did, and then every page of notes he did, every rough page he did, um, story, partial stories that he started, um, you get it all. Yeah. Then you get the pages he colored. Uh, Toth colored, I think, 10 or 12 pages himself for the story, and then uh, you get the rest of the pages that were colored for the French edition. Now, those have no lettering because they were done for the French edition, so they... Uh, and then uh, you get uh, so you get it all everything possible that was available for this from this material is collected in this book and I mean just to Toth's work is so clean though uh, there's not a lot of corrections he did uh, he does seem to use uh, correction fluid or white uh, paint on the faces he likes to make some changes to the faces I don't know what he's doing or if he's uh, because you know he you know uh, Toth is so clean with his uh, with his uh, pencils and inks there. Uh, this book is so great. There's a little blurb on the Indices page about the book, but um, the hardcover, the I think it's 11 by 14, the hardcover that was printed, or 10 by 14. It has a nice bit of history, and uh, that's just not included in this book. And then, because it's the Library of Marine Comics, it just closes out with no biography. Just this, it ends at the the colors page. Uh, there's no, uh, yeah, there's just stuff. It just feels like things are missing. Um, what do I mean by that? Uh, the front and back of the book are just black. Or sorry, they're just white. Um, the page dividers are black. It's a very clean, very Library of American Comics format. So, I mean, it is their book. But I was hoping they'd take a few more cues from the other IDW line, uh, artist editions, and do that. But, of course, not only is this a great book and our first taste of Library of American Comics in the artist edition format, but fingers crossed that we'll see other material. Library of American Comics has covered so much great stuff. Let's hope they can do another artist edition format. Oh, how I hope. Uh, oh, I didn't give you the blurb for this. Let me, let's back up and just give you the blurb at the end here. Of every comic story Alex Toth ever drew, the only one that he kept the original 
Complete Art 2 was Bravo for Adventure. This artist edition is a virtual how-to course in drawing comics the Toth way. We see how he would draw all the detail in a scene, only to black it out in order to focus the reader's eye on what really counted. Simplify, 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 he said. Also included are variant versions of the Bravo Saga featuring Noah Chance and the experimental aircraft called Condor, plus dozens of never-before-seen pencil roughs, preliminary drawings, and story fragments, as well as all 12 pages of Toth's own coloring for an edition that never saw print, and, freed from storage after 40 years, all the coloring for what was intended to be Bravo's original 1975 first printing in France. It's 136 pages, 12 by 17, $100 US suggested retail. Uh, those color pages I mentioned in the review, we got Toast colors, color pages, which were just the standard where they do a photostat of the artwork, and then you apply colors directly to that in a reduced format. And then the French colored versions are the just nicer color pages. I have uh, a bunch from other series uh, from DC stuff, but uh, where it's a it's a acetate, a clear acetate with the uh, black and white artwork printed on it, and then the colors are underneath it. It's just they, they they're very vibrant and they pop. It's a nice painted way to present provide the art with color. That's that book. That was it's impressive. There's no question. Lastly, the uh, Wally Woods EC Stories Artist Edition. This was the third it was the third artist edition released uh it's numbered the fourth because somehow it jumped uh the Ramita stuff but um, um and it was the first large format it was the first 15 by 22 book it was the first ec stories and it was a lot of milestones for that book it hit all uh the things that i think older fans of comic art were looking for uh, of course, it went through two. It ended up with being two printings, um, and it's a great collection of uh, Wallywood art. I have to admit that I'm not a huge Wallywood fan. Um, he's actually low on my list of EC art uh, artists that I enjoy. There's a lot of others I would have liked to see, but I know he's very popular, and I guess the artwork was available, so it was put out there. And it's at uh, it's a, it's a really gorgeous book. I mean. First edition, second edition. This is the first book to get an artisan edition uh, reprint of the material as well. It's a great looking book. There's, if you like EC, if you like Wally Wood, this is a gorgeous book. And as we've talked about in the uh, out of print sales, it's available online. Um, it's a bit pricey. I mean, the original, the original retail asking was uh, one twenty five. The last sales for it were in um, January or January of 2017, and it goes on it goes on average for about 200 bucks. So you're going to pay more for it, but this is a book to have. It's one of those early artist editions, and uh, it's you know you can find them if you give a little time and dedicate yourself to it. You will find that book, just as all the artist editions. I mean, most of them are in print. The, the number of that are still not available are on ebay you can get them not something to stress out about that's for sure that wraps up our podcast for this month again uh, this is scott vanderplu from the ae index uh, which is available at uh, aeindex.org that will take you over currently to comicbookdaily.com slash aeindex uh, visit us daily for uh, updated shipping and news of new editions 
and weekly on Mondays uh, we do reviews and on Fridays we do the news items that we discussed this month thank you and have a good day <laughs>